1: Welcome everybody! This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. And a fine Bowles Wednesday to you and yours. It is great to be with you as always. Hope this finds you doing well. I'm Jeff, that is Tom, Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter it's at Show, and away we go. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, another day, and people want more answers. And obviously, you get to a place where you hope that you have them. But this is also part and parcel to the problem that we have with the time of year that all of this unfolds. I really wish they'd change the calendar on all of this. It makes it impossible to concentrate on anything other than uh, signing day, obviously, and or the transfer portal, NIL, and all of that. I mean, that's where we're at. I mean, you have a class right now that sits in the top five. And it is only behind, uh, what, Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, right? And it's sitting right there. And, and you know, you're, you're, you're busy, as Michael Langston wrote about on Warchant.com, fighting off all these different entities that are trying to take your players. But that's what happens when you have a really good class, which is filled with really good players. People want to take them. Just like we want to take other players from other teams, too. So that is what occupies the mind right now. And also there's this idea okay are we how long are we waiting for Jeremiah Smith perhaps Florida verbal LJ McCray who else can be added to this already robust class of very talented players so that's all we're really thinking about right now and you know you can add to that list of trying to fend off suitors for KJ Bolden you know I would presume that that's largely going to be Georgia and Auburn fighting that battle for his services At this point, of course, uh, which I basically was able to portend before it happened, there is the matter of Armando Blunt, who is a player that I told you would reclassify and join the Seminoles class. He did all of that. Now they're still trying to tug him away down in Miami. Of course they are. Yeah, it's a a mess in the
0: calendar. The way this sport is governed is ridiculous from the top on down. Yeah,
1: yeah. You can't do
0: much about the portal happening now because kids need to be enrolled. You know, by January in most school, most schools you yeah, need to be yeah. kind of right after New Year's enrolled and in classes in order
1: to be able to participate. But you in spring, can change signing day, absolutely. And you, you kind of have back. to do that. And
0: you know what? It's better to be relevant on more days of the calendar year. The Correct. NFL was the first to really embrace that and go after it. And guess what? It was successful. And this is the second largest sport in America. And so therefore, it should be an easy call to say that this early signing period thing doesn't work. If you want to have one in August. That has a, a little clause that says if a coach leaves, you can ride. You're free to, yeah, you you're know, free to open get your yeah. services back up. Yeah. But if you sign in August, you're locked in for that next year at minimum. And if you want to wait, February it is. The old school day it is, which means that January is now owned by college football in a way that it isn't anymore.
1: Which I would really rather enjoy. It just makes it easier also on a day to day basis to give the best possible coverage to the sport that we're hyper focused on, certainly almost year-round, but certainly this time of year. I, I, you'd like to spread that out a little bit more. Uh, obviously, you, you, you have the news today that Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, is, is entering the transfer portal, and every Florida State fan uh, that I'm aware of certainly saw that and raised an eyebrow. Now, per the conversation that I've had repeatedly on this show, Monday and then again yesterday in the two-man version of Seminole Headlines with me and Corey, that there's, there's a lot of misinformation about how the portal works, about NIL, about how much money is out there, how much players are making, how much they potentially can make, what Florida State is willing to do and not do. It's just wrought with misinformation and inflated numbers and those kinds of things. Weeding through all of that and trying to lend some context, aforementioned, to the conversation that makes some sense can be difficult because it's constantly changing. For example... You know, we learned uh, that, that DJ, Ui Ungolele, is coming to visit, right? Uh, and then immediately following, I got information that Cam Ward would be here to visit as well. So that kind of trumped the information about DJ coming, and people were, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Cam's coming too? And we kind of dubbed it quarterback week yesterday. Well, that is going to be front and center. Of that that really dictates terms. Everything that happens after that will really inform what Florida State's going to do at the other positions. Whether that is obviously you know with money, which can't be an inducement. We understand all of this, but you know th- this really informs how you go about roster retention, how you go about acquisition.
0: Yeah, acquisition in the portal goes up if you get Cam Ward. I think it still increases with DJ, but I don't know that it goes crazy. Like for example, last year when Jordan Travis said that he was coming back, and you know you saw everybody running it back, Trey, Jared Verse, and so forth. Jaheim Bell suddenly becomes interested in Florida State of in a course. way he did not before. Yeah. Keon Coleman suddenly becomes interested in Florida State in a way that he would not have if Jordan Travis was not the quarterback. I don't think DJ has that kind of star power to go grab a Jaheim Bell, you know, who might even be thinking in the spring that I'm going to emerge, or you know. Keon was later, too, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was in the spring, I believe. It's been a long year. Mm-hmm. I forget. Mm-hmm. But I don't think DJ has the star power to pull a guy like that to say, I'm, i got to go see what's going on in Tallahassee. I think Cam Ward does. I think Cam Ward would. And if you're talking about budgets and how you're spreading those things around between the now and the future, the portal and the recruiting class, I think you might need to save a couple of ducats for the portal should Cam Ward be the guy who says yes to Florida State.
1: I think it's just going to be fascinating. Uh, Florida State has themselves in a position to have to carefully vet all of this. And I'm going to continue to repeat that. People want news. You know, our own Corey Clark yesterday mentioning how impatient he is because he feels like the residual pain caused by the committee's snub is all that is on the mind of Florida State fans right now. and They're consumed by that anger and frustration. So they'd like to hear a spate of good news, right? You'd like to get some of that. I disagree with him. I don't think that's all we're consumed by. It'll be in the back of our minds maybe forevermore. We're always going to be frustrated by it. It's omnipresent on the mind, but I don't think we're consumed by it. I think that there's room enough in there for all of us to say, okay, that that exists, still does. Still, every time I see a commercial that says the college football playoff is coming and we're not involved, it ticks me off. But man, I, I wake up thinking a lot more about I don't know who's going to play in this game. I wish we could talk about the orange bowl in a meaningful way because you are playing Georgia. It's less about the orange bowl. And that game currently represents what is not the playoff, right? That that's what that game represents. And so it's, you don't wrap your arms around the way the the orange bowl, the way you used to, the way you would normally, unfortunately, I always enjoyed the orange bowl. Just like I enjoyed the Fiesta bowl or the sugar bowl or hell, the times we went out through the Rose bowl, of course, but more than that, the opponent is Georgia. It would be an awesome stage. It would be an awesome platform if those games meant anything like they used to, and they really don't. And we don't even know who's playing in the games. And practices are starting and we don't even we're not covering those right now that we don't have access to them.
0: Not till next Tuesday. Okay, next so we Tuesday got an official a, word is we did get the rundown. We're going to get access, full access. To two practices in bowl prep, yeah. as I see it in the schedule, yeah. we get Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Yeah, you get the first 15 minutes of a
1: couple down in Miami, and that's it. That's all. It makes sense to me because you're going to have so many players participating uh, that um, that maybe you you wouldn't have expected. I I think it's going to be interesting. They're trying to I don't know. They're trying to be careful about who plays and who doesn't play and what the announcement's going to be, etc. Uh, I I. That's fine. I wish we could pay greater – I guess my lament is that I wish we could pay greater attention to that game. Not because I care about the Orange Bowl committee or the way it's viewed or what the ratings are going to be, but because I care about Florida State and it's a big game against Georgia and a chance to showcase again, once again, one last time, exactly how great a team you are.
0: (coughs) And that they will on Saturday, December 30th at 4 p.m. Getting verklempt. Yeah, it's more – Duran is neither Duran nor Duran. Discuss.
1: And I came out of nowhere. But just a coughing fit here at the outset. Forgive me, folks. I'll power through this it, minute. It's you
0: suppressing
1: your hatred my, for the College Football Playoff <laughs> Committee to talk about
0: matters at hand.
1: I just wish we could get a good gauge of what that game is and what it represents, if anything, and what it would mean maybe to this team. I don't know. Instead, really, let's be truthful. All you can really think about is. Who are we getting in the portal? And who's going into the portal for us? That's all you're thinking about. Oh, And we're a week away from signing day, so that's on the mind, too. Well, that's the thing. Where where Corey,
0: I think, is feeling the way he does is correct because I'm going to use an old term from our friends at the playoff committee body clock. Mm. Usually, signing day would be today. I mean, it's usually around the 15th. It's closer to the 15th than the 20th. And we've got to wait an entire week more for this thing to finish out. It's a weird way the calendar works this year. But this is about the spacing from College yeah. Championship Weekend, in which you get your answers as to who's signing on the line that is dotted. So this extra week is interminable for us because we were screwed by the College Football Playoff Committee and perhaps the network that uh, houses that program as well.
1: Certainly, we know for certain the uh, the committee uh, at this point. I it's I'm more interested on a daily basis about who Florida State prioritizes you know one thing that you and I didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday because it wasn't our day but uh, it's always our day (laughs) uh, obviously sir uh the fact that they're entertaining two different quarterbacks has revealed to you the way they feel about the quarterback room uh you, you don't bring those guys in if you think you're all loaded for bear set for whatever the future has to lay before you no obviously they don't think they're set and they do want to upgrade for a one year bridge
0: yeah i would and sometimes broadcasters really don't like to you know remark on when they were wrong or when they're corrected on things and i think that's uh, short-sighted because most of them are that way they never are wrong <laughs> a couple of weeks ago we had this discussion i said i'd let it play out in the spring yeah bring tate in or let, let tate remain in the position you bring in uh, maybe somebody who's a low-level veteran, just as an insurance policy in case it's too much too soon for the kids. But let Brock and Luke go to war. Luke's gonna be here like next week for bowl prep, mm-hmm. which is great. It's Extra pretty cool. Practices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Used to be the spring was the earliest you could get here. And now you could get there for bowl prep, which is wonderful. Let those three compete. Then I saw Tate play, and you know Brock obviously that was a tough position. And, and, you know he could be fine in the spring, and I thought ah oh, well you might want to consider it. And then the coaching staff said, don't care what y'all think, we think we need somebody, which is the most important vote, and there is no other vote, because the staff says, whatever is happening behind the scenes that even the media doesn't get to see, and we get a lot of access, this is not going to be good enough. So this would be an upgrade to get DJ or Cam. And that they think it's an upgrade to get DJ is very telling to me. Cam, sure. Don't be offended by Cam Ward coming into town and interviewing with the staff if you're Tate. DJ coming in to get interviewed. Damn.
1: Okay. Well, I just think it's understood. Self-evident. I I just don't know how it's not to people. I mean, I I have nothing against Tate Rodemaker. Uh and, you know, listen, this is never personal in that regard. I tell you when it is. Uh you know, I mean, what, what did what do you see from Tate after four freaking years? That you're gonna be like, "Yep, there it is, it's shining bright today, boys."
0: But there is no argument back and forth between us, the chat. No, there's no reason to the because staff, the coaches
1: told you they haven't seen enough.
0: We have not seen enough. They
1: have not seen enough, so they're going about the process of bringing in somebody in to be the bridge between uh, the starter next year and Brock or Luke after that. That's that's where we're at. I mean, that that's easy um, now. Again, when you hear – there's a very different conversation to be had about, okay, well, I, I, I'm all right with them bringing somebody in. The next logical thing that somebody would ask is, at what percentage of your alleged budget? I mean, that, that's the next question. That's, is, at, that's a, a great big, question. What's well, What's the biggest question. At what, how desperate are you to bring in a player at that position? Are you bent over a barrel, as in I'm going to spend 40% of my budget on roster retention to go and, and bring in an acquisition? Is it, okay, well, within reason, we think reason is this number and he's going to fetch a, a, a much greater number on the open market and we have to say thanks for coming, but no, we can't do that? I don't know the answer to that. Coaching staff. If we're being big boys and having a conversation about how this has to work, uh, they'll indicate how desperate they are in some fashion. They'll indicate we really need to do this. Like we're probably seven and five if we don't do this, or maybe we're a ten and two team if we do this. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. like that's the kind of well, where it, are they on the desperation it, scale? It's like the pain scale when you go into the doctor's office. Are you making the yeah. crazy face? Or are you kind of like? Uh, mildly mildly irritated
0: here's another recent example in Florida state history last 10 years is Tate Rodemaker a worthy risk to take if these two things do not work out or you wait till after is, spring and well, do it again is is he Charles Kelly remember Jimbo had weeks and weeks and weeks to promote Charles Kelly to defensive coordinator all those years ago yeah and everybody said oh it's going to be Kelly one week goes by two weeks go by about a month goes by And finally, Charles Kelly is named. Well, damn, Jimbo, he's been in the building every day. You could have just made this call. Why didn't you? Because you wanted something different. You wanted something different. So what they're going to tell you with their actions over the next couple of weeks is, are we going to have a Charles Kelly elevation or come hell or high water, there's going to be a new guy in here next year?
1: Hard to know. A couple of big time contributors, super chats. Let's get to them. Z-Chan, gents, how you doing? If FSU does secure Cam Ward, what would you place the chances of a playoff bid next year at? I say 50%. I'm still reading. Only because it's the committee. Merry Christmas, guys. Woo! <laughs> Thanks, c Merry Christmas. James B., Jeff, a bit off subject, but I noticed that Indiana has 26 players in the portal. I guess they are not buying into Sig's plan for the future of IU football. Yeah. Woo! Uh, that's funny, James B. Well it would it'd be hard to stomach that sig press conference and not think to yourself ooh no well, thanks i'm unaware of that press conference is it was that on coach speak yeah you got to okay. go watch it it's unbelievable this guy this freaking guy i mean he we singled him out for a good bit of the show he, he's something else and it's right up your alley uh in terms of the comedy and the way that this guy talks he's glass of bourbon cigarette at the end of the bar oh, slick back black hair kind of guy Ron, of, Ron White. Oh, it's no. Ron White's in, no, no, infinitely more funny and interesting. Okay, right. this is the slimy sort of oh. uh, uh, version of a lawyer that you no, You're just not. We that, might have had a GM like him in the past. Yeah, it's not, not, not who you want. Enough said. Mm-hmm, not who you want. Uh, but back to Florida State. I understand the desperation uh, for, you know. Something tangible to latch onto that you think is positive today. But I think the hardest part of all of this is something that I've had to repeat time and again. Because Florida State's in a very strong position, they have won 19 straight football games. They have solidified that they're not just back, they're back back. And what Florida State is when they're back is one of the five to six best programs annually and in contention for a national championship. In the conversation, preseason, postseason, you name it. I get it. That invites all kinds of jokes about what just happened with the committee. But the bottom line is, when Florida State is, as I like to put it, operating at peak efficiency, they're a massive player in college football in the way that most every other school that plays college football is not. With the exception of very few. The exception of very few.
0: So Troy Noel in the chat says, I expect Florida State to win 10 plus games every year now.
1: That's who they are when they're operating to peak efficiency. Right. Look, we view Alabama as having a down year anytime they go ten and two. Hell, depending on who they lost to and when, if it's an eleven and one campaign, you can go, well, golly, he's slipping a little. You know, if they had an uncharacteristic loss when they were ten point favorites to somebody like Ole Miss and they lose a game like that, we end up talking about their season as if it were a catastrophe. Well, that's what happens when you are the preeminent program in the sport, where you could go 11 and one and win the conference, and we'll be like, mm, shaky. Yeah. The USF game, the Auburn game, you know, yeah. And you could get put in over a 13 and 0 Florida State team. That's right. That's that's how that works when you hmm. are the preeminent program, when you are the the biggest name in the sport, Florida State. For a very long time, along with a handful of other teams, was that program. And we hope to be again. That's what happens when you win 19 straight. That's what happens when the rebuild is no longer in process, but has occurred. And you think about defensive end alone. Okay, if you're a defensive end, if you're a defensive lineman, I'll do that. If you're a defensive lineman. And you're somewhere and you're unhappy for whatever reason. You know, maybe you think you're two years away from being a starter because they've got a five-star senior starting next year and a five-star junior who's behind him. And you're going to get far fewer reps than you expected when you came out of high school as the man. But you wanted to go to that name school because at the time you were being recruited as a junior, you looked at Florida State and they were a mess. They weren't quite out of the woods yet. We weren't even sure about what was going to happen with Mike Norvell, right? So, God, I've always liked Florida State. I'd like to go there, but they're not in the same class right now. They're not back to where they were. They're not the preeminent program, and I'm being offered by Ohio State. I'm being offered by Georgia. I'm being offered by, uh, you know, Alabama. I'm going to choose one of these schools because they're winning right now, and they've sustained it for a long time, and I I can probably bet on myself there. And then I get there, and I'm behind these guys, and I'm frustrated, and I really always wanted to go to Florida State. All right, now you're that guy. Well, thank goodness for the transfer portal. Thank goodness you got a one-time opportunity to rectify a wrong, to make a good decision. It's not just in theory that there's a player out there who happens to be the son of a legend who might fit the bill of which I just described. It's that there are a lot of players around the country who look at Florida State very differently than they did two years ago. Now they're looking at it, and they do it through the lens of, Man, Jared Verse is going to go first round. Jermaine Johnson did go first round. Brayden Fisk went from Western Michigan and became a beast and made himself a ton of money. Kier Thomas, you can go down the list of guys that we're looking at, going holy moly, they are really transforming careers.
0: Sure, wish the committee looked past their pockets to say the same thing. I do too, because they're a little slower
1: than the players. They are now mentally. This is the whole deal. You now have a much greater sample size of players to have to vet. And when you're making these decisions, every name sounds like a name, certainly from the fans stand, standpoint, that's not demeaning in any way. I'm, I'm in the same boat. You see a name, you go look at production, wherever they were, you see a need on your roster, and you go, well, there's a need, and there's a guy, and that guy has good numbers, and we have this need, and he plays the position that we have the need for. Why don't we offer him? <laughs> they can't just do that. They have to go, he might be an option. Maybe we should bring him in. Maybe he's one of 11 players that we like at that position. Maybe he's one of 20 that we think we have a shot at. By the way, that includes people that have not put their name in the transfer portal. I know Clutch your Pearls, everybody, but these kinds of back alley conversations occur with kids that have not put their name in the portal, and tampering is real. And I hope we're doing it as we speak with everybody else's roster. I hope we're tampering with Alabama's and Miami's and Georgia's and everybody else's because they are ours. They are ours. So that's exactly what's happening. And that means you have to be patient. Well, as patient as you have to be. There's a time limit on all this. We do know we're going to get some answers. But they're sitting back going, well, nobody knows it, but 24 hours ago you didn't know that Marvin Jones Jr. might be available. And we were like, well, we should get that kid from Duke. What about the kid from Georgia Tech? Hold, hold. There may be some bigger fish out there, guys. Throw that one back. Let's take a look around. That's what I'm telling you on a daily basis. There are other names, some of whom you will never hear about. What would Jim Phillips do? Would he take a look around? No. (laughs) Do the opposite of what Jim Phillips would do. Always do the opposite. Of what Jim Phillips would do. Jim would cower in the face of a tough decision. Burke Mangus, Jimmy Pataro. Yeah. That's that's how that looks. That's, They're in my
0: phone. <laughs> I call them sometimes.
1: And we uh, commiserate on the status of college football and what has happened to our lovely sport. And we're hoping that it'll come back around. We're going to fall into the... Good graces of the SEC and the Big Ten and hope that they do right for the entirety of the neighborhood.
0: Also the good graces of the CW. I believe Dennis
1: Miller is here. Dennis? Dennis? Dennis, Dennis is not here. No? It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> to hear that song again sir for those on youtube that don't get to hear it you gotta go listen to the pod go listen to the pod and you'll get to hear it but uh for now you guys miss out on the billy squire christmas joy talked to somebody recently i believe it was lewis up in charlotte who said that uh this show turned him on to the Billy Squire Christmas is the time to say I oh, love you. Oh, really? And now they play it their family all the time. They love it, and it's great. So uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's back when I was a kid. It's very hard to
0: find a good 40-minute playlist of, of real mm-hmm. Christmas songs yeah, that are yeah. bangers, you know, like good songs.
1: That one, Fairytale of New York with the P- Pogues, not many. That's a tough song, man.
0: It's a great song. It man. is. Yeah, but it's, that's, awesome. that's like, it's actually truly, truly depressing. Really yeah, yeah. Sit and it, think about what's going but on. But it's
1: there. awesome, and then the long version with uh, the waltz yeah. at the end is yeah. unreal. Yeah. And
0: then anything by Nat, he'll give you about thirty minutes of good Christmas stuff. Oh yeah.
1: Well, Nat could read the phone book. Yeah. You'd be like, well, that is good, Nat. Especially the way you said Keith Wilson. That was fantastic. Yeah, there are guys like that. But you're right. It is hard to get. Twenty <laughs> three Main Street. Today. Yeah. You're like, wow. wow, that's amazing. Velvety. That is velvety. How do you do it? Hey, do you like banana pudding? Me? Yeah.
0: Okay. No. No, I don't.
1: You had a lot of banana pudding. No. No, yeah. I bought some yesterday from Publix. I haven't eaten it yet.
0: And how long has it been since your last banana pudding?
1: Thirty-five years. Oh, okay. So I don't even remember the last. This I, is I true make- discovery. Yeah. You guys in the chat, you like banana pudding? Let me know i heard a conversation i was listening to a podcast and two people were talking about certain traditions and they were talking about watching the football game it was during thanksgiving they were talking about watching the football games just like we all do and then they we're talking about the post meal football game that they used to play in the front yard i used to do this at a place called lake vista in st pete the whole neighborhood would go over and you have the game right and um and then anyhow uh it's somewhere in the course, of the conversation, the one guy was like, and I always love to come home after that football game, and there was always great banana pudding left over because we have banana pudding every year for Thanksgiving, and we don't. I didn't grow up with banana pudding for Thanksgiving at all, and it hit me. I have not had banana pudding since I don't know when. I like bananas. I like pudding. I don't see why I wouldn't like banana pudding, but I can't recall the last time I had banana pudding. It's just not even something pudding in general you don't have a lot of. Nobody's like, unless you're eight, you know, you don't really, the right. last time yeah, pudding was popular, Bill Cosby was not a known rapist. Ooh, so yeah. you were in a situation where you could just, you'd be like, oh, I trust Bill. He's He's you got the pudding. Do. Yeah, I'm going to eat the pudding because he says so. We didn't know. But I there has not been a big pudding push. His fingers wiggle in the commercial. No, I'm going to buy that. There hasn't been a big push for pudding. Really, uh, ever since, because there are better things. Ice cream's better than pudding. Pie's better than pudding. For some people, cake is better than pudding. Cookies are better than pudding. Yeah. But I wanted to, so I bought some last night. I've got it. It was after Bryce's basketball game. Picked it up on the way home, sitting in the fridge. Don't know when I'm going to get to it. Don't imagine it goes bad. It's sealed. Just thought I'd ask you.
0: Uh, I mean, it's been eons. I I have a short list of things that I will enjoy for dessert. I'm not a huge dessert guy. All right. Like a good pack of M&M's, especially around the holidays. The green green and red M&M's are delightful. Aren't they all the exact same? Oh, they are, but it's just the the look of it. The the look look of it. Oh, man, this Mm. is very enticing. Okay.
1: The uh, E.L. Fudge cookies, Keebler Elf's. Those um, are tremendous. I'm laughing. We were talking about the quarterbacks and who you bring in, who you don't. I know it's a debate. There are people in the chat that would like to see Tate get his shot. Others say eh, he's been here a long time. He's going to be any good. He would have been by now. There would have been an inkling that he was going to be good. Some sort of indicator other than one quarter against Louisville. There had to have been a a moment in time, and the coaches clearly don't see it. That's why they're bringing in quarterbacks uh, and taking a good look at a Cam Ward or a DJ. That's the thing. I'm of the mind that let that play out,
0: but they're saying no. I'm like, okay, well, you say no. You see everything. You see all of the data points, and you're saying, not good enough. Not good enough. We need to be looking at other options. Okay. All right. Discussion over?
1: Yeah. Mike Norvell is a really good offensive coach and really does a great job of highlighting various facets of his offense through his star players. Obviously, it's an offense for playmakers. He talks about it at length. That guy decided he needed to take a good look at a couple of other quarterbacks. That guy. So you don't have to get mad at me because I think that somebody needs to be brought in to replace Perhaps, Tate Rodemaker. He
0: thinks so, too. I mean, it's a diagonal to go from here to Oregon State. And Tony Tokar's gotten a plane to go meet with DJ earlier this week. Tony flew out? Yeah. They're not saying, DJ, come here. Let's see if you're a fit. Tony's like, i got to get on a plane and go see Let's go find out
1: about the kid. That's a big difference. Now, again, I will say this, though. And this is how radical um, the improvement was and how... Much, he proved us all wrong, me especially. He also proved Mike Norvell wrong. They did bring a one-footed quarterback in here who could barely move, let alone play the position, with a pop-gun arm because they didn't think Jordan Travis could play. And obviously they swung and missed on that badly, not only because McKenzie Milton couldn't play, but because they had no idea That Jordan Travis was going to turn into Jordan Travis. I clearly had no idea that Jordan Travis was going to take the leap forward that he did. I, however, would say that while it proved that I was wrong and Mike Norvell was wrong and everybody else in that room was wrong about what Jordan Travis could be, there are such things as outliers. And as it turns out, Jordan Travis was an outlier. He did something that we'd really never seen before. He didn't just fall back on the one unique gift he had, he developed the others that he didn't showcase at any point prior to two years ago. And good on him. It's why we love him. That hard work, that perseverance, that belief turned into something pretty damn special. Now, I will also say that Jordan's not uniquely gifted in terms of accuracy. He never became uniquely gifted in terms He's of accuracy. better last year than he was this year. At that. Yeah, he was. But he was a lot better than he had been, and he did take a big step forward. Bottom line is people make mistakes. Quarterback position's really tough. Really tough. Look at the NFL. They all, I mean, my God. We're talking about first-round quarterbacks, 50-50 proposition. They get it wrong all the time. We're sitting around right now going, man, you could have had C.J. Stroud, and you went the other way, Carolina. Looks like you whiffed. I think you're in trouble. I know that's one year, and that, too, is probably unfair, but, man, it doesn't. These two don't seem very similar. It can flip.
0: It can. It, it can. We, we did it the can. experiment years ago when yes. we looked at every quarterback in the NFL and said, have you had the opposite opinions of this quarterback in the time that they've been? And it was maybe like a
1: 60% clip. Oh, well, I, th- I think this is – He
0: sucks and he's good. And yeah. we've had both of those opinions at different points of their career. Yeah,
1: I, I also think – now, one thing, again, I love pointing out – I say it probably too much, and it's not really a filler or a crutch. It's just so true of the sport that I love – Football is the ultimate team game. You could be lacking in some areas, and it could be made up for with your surrounding cast. See Brock Purdy. I mean, there are a lot of things going on with that success story. Part of it's his hard work. Part of it's what he's figured out about himself and how to play the position. Part of it's his buying. A lot of it's the offense and being surrounded by Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, and the best running back in football. Pretty good offensive line to boot. Amazing how that works out. So, yeah, there's all of that. But it's really hard to kind of figure this out. And I just think that they realize, well, I want a polished quarterback that I've seen do it, that I've seen play in big games and have success, and they've played in a lot of them, and they've thrown a ton of passes. I want a guy like that around. Maybe Mike would tell you, and we'll see if he sticks around to do it, maybe Mike would tell you that, uh, hey, yeah, we're going to bring in DJ or Cam or whomever and we're going to give Tate a chance to compete with him and maybe Tate's distinct advantage of knowing this offense and having been here for 37 years will translate into him winning the job maybe he maybe. would
0: ha- he would have to win it far and away though because you, yeah, you do not bring into in account
1: it. Yes, yes the fact that you're paying somebody to come
0: here and that the kid has only been here for one camp and if it's close and he's been here for one of camp course. versus somebody who's been here for multiple years
1: well i i think you know it's interesting to me that you look at some of the other positions where that holds true clearly they looked at Morlock and said He's a little behind biscuit right now, but his upside's way better. Yep. Let's play him. Yep. Uh, something else happened there, though.
0: Something else happened there. I, I, I can't report on that because I don't know it, but something had to have happened. He bolted the minute that the season was effectively well, I'm over. Into the I'm gonna
1: venture a guess besides playing time. He got too heavy, Tom. He never he never lost the weight. My guess is he was out of shape. It pissed them off. They were tell they told him about it. And, an we, interesting guess. I, I think it's a fair guess.
0: Okay, fair enough. I, I think they were pick perhaps... Up what you're
1: putting down. I think they had have been at an impasse. I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't have this conversation <laughs> earlier about your guess. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. <laughs> hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I used them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season. You're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factors, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me in two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to Factormeals.com Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code CAMERON50 at factormules.com slash CAMERON50 to get 50% off. This Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You You know what we have to do here really soon, Tom, that we have yet to do, and we haven't missed the opportunity. But buddy, I and I know it's changed because the landscape has changed, but the sweets, the gifts, the whole deal for the bowls. Yeah, the bowl swag list, did we not find it
0: last year? I thought there wasn't a re, there was not a release there, for it last. There year.
1: didn't appear to be an official release. It was very frustrating uh at the time. We we got kind of angry trying to find it. it Normally just, the sports business journal has it. Right. But I think in
0: the era of NIL, it might have taken a bit of a back burner.
1: Like the bulls themselves, mm. it did. Unfortunately, could be a good spring game on December thirtieth. I, that I don't like as a college football fan. I hate it. I hate, that's there are repercussions. You know, obviously, some of this may end up turning out for the better in a lot of ways, uh, but for everything we do, uh, there are repercussions, and some things go away that you actually valued. Even if you are willing to admit that this is progress in a lot of ways, there are aspects that are irrevocably, if I could speak, uh, you know, changed and you can't get to a place where that ever comes back. And that's kind of something that separated college football from pro football.
0: Agreed. But what they're going to do to placate these bowls, this is the last year they have to sweat it because the New Year's Six at least, the New Year's Six specifically, will be host Playoff sites games, Yeah, for the – second round, and the semifinal before there's the playoff. Title. I was
1: explaining, I, did I say this on the air? I was explaining the other day to my son, uh, Bryce, on the way into school. I drop him off every morning, even though he can drive, but there's no place for sophomores to park, so he had got to wait till he's a junior. So we're driving in, and I said, you know, there used to be conference affiliations with certain bowls, and – Certain bowls represented certain things. You were third in your conference. You were second in your conference. You were matched up with the SEC in this bowl. In this bowl, you might play a Big Ten team, however it was. And I, and I was going through and naming these bowls, and I began to think about great bowl games that I've seen. Bowl games that, when I was really young, I was thinking back on Barry Sanders running wild over Florida and the Gator Bowl. Like, just things that, you know, those bowls, the Peach Bowl – the cotton bowl, the outback bowl. They all they all meant it before that it was not the outback bowl, but it, it they all meant something. And something to Spielman. <laughs> meant an early
0: wake up call.
1: <laughs> Damn it's hot. Why is it why is it so hot here? <laughs> um yeah, so uh ten AM would be easier in Chicago. Yeah, I don't is, care that it's windy. This is rough. This is rough. Um but that that really has gone, you know, the way of the dodo, as I say, and Damn it, man. That bothers me. I remember loving those bowls. I
0: think, oddly enough, perhaps I'm wrong. But I think as the playoff expands, and I wouldn't be stunned if it gets to 16 in the next five or six years. I mean, you know, this is is one of the failures of Major League Baseball, one of the many, is that during COVID they couldn't come to an agreement about an expanded playoff for longer. And they show you how much, you know, in those negotiations, you got to see how much each playoff game is worth. To the entirety of the operation for the league and the players. These games are worth so much damn money that as you expand the playoff, and they're going to because the money is going to demand that they do it. They're going to follow the lead of the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah, yeah. When you expand it enough, those secondary bowls, I do think, take on more meaning because those aren't teams that had a legitimate title hope. So there's not this middle ground that we're living in presently where we feel screwed. Georgia feels like it's meaningless because this it's title or bust for them. This was their chance to go do a three-peat thing. There isn't that middle ground for as many teams where you could say, we were good enough to win a title, I don't care about the bowl. You're going to go
1: from the playoff to a bunch of teams that are excited to try to win a 10th game for You're damn season. right, yeah. No, I agree with you. That, you're right. By the way, today is throwback day in the chat. I just looked up. Now, you know I don't always check the chat. Uh, while, I'm, uh, while I'm on the air, I don't always check the chat. But I happened to look over because there were people giving um, – answers to the banana pudding question that I asked and I see that Andrea is in the chat and she writes I believe the last time you had banana pudding is when I made it for you back in your WNLS days uh that and she wrote good vibes and that's correct that I, it has to be it has to be did Andrea work there when I was there no it's before my time I think it's before your time I'm almost certain it's before your. Time. gotta be I'm definitely certain it was before your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how far back we go. And then uh, there is uh, a Baker man writes, Jeff, you ever been to Kentucky? Oh. Lots of banana pudding there. That's a story that oh, he recalls man. my ever been to Kentucky story. You have to be an old school JCS listener to remember uh, you ever been to Kentucky. It involves me, ebor <laughs> City. Yeah. If, you, if you steer
0: close enough, then people are going to realize that that is one loaded comment.
1: No, I know. That's why I kept talking. I just want you to know the reference of uh, ever been to Kentucky goes way back to me being oblivious to uh, code words in certain cities for certain things and somebody asking me if I've ever been to Kentucky and me taking them quite literally. Yes, I I have been to Kentucky. I didn't like it. (laughs) Oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, Maybe
0: you didn't visit the
1: right town. (laughs) There are lots of cities in Kentucky, sir. Could I interest you in Lexington? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's an all-timer. Um, man, I was just thinking that. Uh, yeah, I there. I have a lot of stories like that. That we got to get back to doing belly up. Mm. Just for as semi-worldly as I am, I really was naive as hell about a lot of things. <laughs> And uncovered these things over many trips, like that time in Chicago with that lady. It still happens to me.
0: Oh the yeah, the scientist at the uh, <laughs> <Cole> <laughs> play song.
1: Uh, yes, at the restaurant. Yeah. You went to that nice restaurant, a lovely restaurant, and I sat at the bar.
0: Your boy was laid up with the flu. You flute. were
1: hurt and you missed out. You would have been like Jeff.
0: I would have. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been hip to it. Like whoa,
1: whoa. <laughs> I'm like, another bottle of wine? Sure, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Made a friend over here.
0: Yes, you have.
1: (laughs) like, here you go.
0: Right, exactly, friends. Here you go. Let's have this glass
1: of wine. It's delicious. Special friends. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, right? We will. (laughs) It's delicious wine. Why would we not have another glass of red? Why would we not? Please, it's cold outside. Let's enjoy ourselves.
0: (laughs) Could I borrow your jacket?
1: Strange, but it is a little cold in here. Sure! <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh that is yeah, that's a classic. There's no way to segue from this, but uh thank you for everybody that uh bothered to to weigh in on uh, yeah <laughs> yeah Jeff singing, Leave Me Alone, I'm a family man. Saying, perhaps. Uh I I uh, I wish I had a camera in the room in that restaurant so you could see of how cool the mahogany bar was mm. above and beyond like the shenanigans that was apparently going on. Uh, I was oblivious to uh, during this whole situation. Also, the food the food was tremendous. <laughs> this place was fantastic. Pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> no, I'm saying you and I. One day are going to go to this place so you can see what I'm talking about. When we go back to Chicago, when Florida State plays Notre Dame next year, year, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take you around the corner when we're staying right there on Michigan Ave, and I'm going to go, hey, check this. This is the place. When you walk in, I got to go look it up. I kept the card from the place. When you walk in, you just think it's a whatever Italian restaurant. It was but. It was next to the dive bar we had gone to earlier. A little bit further down. Not, but it was like not, in that was, district. Yeah, yeah right? it was right close yeah. to there, yes, yes. And there was a little four State place there that was, uh, yeah. That dive bar was awful
0: in all the right ways. Mm-hmm. It was a little shack in the middle of the road. It belonged there in
1: no way, shape, or I form. I seek out dive bars wherever I go. If yeah. there's a place that, you know, when we were in Boston, we went into the wrong one. Oh. A little shaky. It was. A little sh- there was arms dealing we, going on in the back. I thought, okay, could, yeah, it seems like little, a little
0: much. A little IRA action. There's a going little
1: on. much going on here, guys.
0: The uh, the door to the alley being open all the way at the end of this skinny bar was always
1: open. Harrowing. Always open. You're like, what's happened outside that door? And there was a brick wall. Yeah. That's all it you It wasn't saw. a good thing. If no. you get invited to go there, don't. Right. You guys have one?
0: I think is what he said.
1: You guys have one? That was my favorite answer ever. We came in. He knew we didn't know what the hell we were doing. There was Th- nobody in there. Well, there was a telltale sign we shouldn't have been in there. They still had, like, non-high-definition televisions. That's it was just the crazy, old, blurry-ass glass televisions from your youth that weighed 700 pounds. And you're like, oh, nobody's watching the and game. And he said, yes, we're only having one. And, and he, he responded. G- yeah, he's like, there you go. Good. Good. <laughs> He said, good. (laughs) You boys just want one? Uh, Yeah. Good. And then we went, okay. Have a good one. Hour number two.